Steve, happy Monday. It feels like a long time since we've done this. <laughs> it has been a long time. Uh, <laughs> we had a whole September go by, I think. Yeah, Monday Minute, man. Uh, good to be back at it. September uh, on into October here. It's crazy how quick that went, for sure. Um, yeah, man, it's good to catch up. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of September stories. Obviously, we've been talking about the caribou hunts. And uh, this week for the main podcast is part two of you and I kind of debriefing more of the logistics and gear on that caribou hunt. So tune back in on Wednesday to catch the part two of that episode. Um, and then here to answer a listener question, which we're getting ready to get into, I think we'll relay maybe into some more stories, at least from your perspective, Steve, on September. But I got an interesting email question from a guy Um that I'll just go ahead and read, and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit for this Monday Minute. So he said he just got home from an out-of-state hunt, and he got his butt whooped. So being a guy who's not from the West and going out West, he had to scout and hunt as he went. He's basically asking, like, what's the next step for somebody who hunts out-of-state to find success after getting their butt kicked and eating tag soup? So there's so much there in that question that we don't know. Um, there's so many things things that could have, should have, what have you. We don't have details, and I don't want to get into that, but from a really high level, I thought it was an interesting topic to discuss a little bit here as we maybe get on the other side of September. And whether it's an out-of-state hunt or not, I mean, there's guys who got skunked in September in-state. There's guys who struggled, right? And so some of the things I just thought would be good from a really high level to look at is yeah, maybe that September hunt you were looking at didn't go your way. Now what? Um, and just kind of hit on that. Steve, what are your, just your th- first thoughts? You didn't prepare for this. What just comes to mind as you hear that and think about that topic? You know, my my initial reaction to any failure is it's my fault and I got to work harder next time, right? Um, so my first question to the guy would be, do you think you put everything into it or did you just loosely do some research um, not get in great shape and just walk out into the woods expecting it was going to be easy and you kill an elk. Uh, the reality is it's not easy. It takes a ton of hard work, um, ton of, uh, you know, there's obviously some luck involved. And even if you do everything right, you can get totally skunked. Um, so yeah, my initial reaction is work harder, work smarter, and hopefully you have more success. Now, obviously that's high level, you know, there, maybe he, did bust his butt and did everything he could do in his control and just, you know, elk hunting, you know, I I can speak from experience here in Idaho, you could just be one or two canyons off from amazing elk hunting. You could just, you know, four or five miles away, you could have had a completely different hunt. So um, if the guy's completely discouraged and his question is, should I just quit? Should I never try this again? Or um, is it, you know, he's re-motivated to try even harder and and then you need to dig into the details, I guess, of what what he did and didn't do to, to you know make sure he's successful next time. Yeah, that's a good point you just wrapped up there, Steve, of if things didn't go your way, what's your attitude now? Are you anxious to get back at it and you know have even more fire for this offseason? Or are you just kind of rejected and dejected? Because I think if you get wrapped up on just the results, you're going to struggle year after year after year but if you love the process and you love the pursuit then yeah you're not stoked when you don't find success 
But I think you keep that fire going of understanding that it's part of the process, part of learning, part of growing. It's honestly just part of hunting. No matter what you do, uh, there's going to be struggles. But yeah, I would say from a super high level, having been there, done that plenty of times with not finding success, for me, I always try to look at what can I control and what can't I control? Like, So from that hunt, I couldn't control the weather and I couldn't control this and I couldn't control that. But what could I control? How well was I prepared? And ultimately, where was my weakness? Um, and so identifying those quote unquote weaknesses and then making that a focus is something that's going to help you no matter what. Um, at the same time, those things that you can't control, yeah, you can try and come up with a strategy of, you know, thinking of last year in Colorado, oh, it was super hot, super dry, elk were super quiet. What could I have done better in that situation? is a question worth asking. But at the same time, there's always going to be variables that you can't control. So yes, you need to adapt, but ultimately you can only control what you can control and be ready for that. Um, The other thing that comes to mind specifically, I won't say specifically for this guy being out of state, but I think it applies even more to this guy being out of state. You, someone in that situation is going to have such a limited time and such a limited opportunity. So the other thing that comes to mind for me, again, super high level, but always be ready to capitalize and make the most of limited opportunities. And I think that applies to most hunters, but especially for the guy who hunts out of state and maybe has this one big hunt a year. Um, If anything else, fall back on being ready to make the most of a limited opportunity because you may go hunt and you might have one shot opportunity, and that's your only opportunity for a year. What are you going to do with that? And so that's something that kind of haunts me and that I come back to and something that I've blown in the past and I've you know, learned that lesson the hard way of you might get one good chance. What are you going to do to make it count? And so for this guy, that's something that I would just keep in mind um, as he hopefully is preparing to go again next year, just making sure you're 100% ready for those limited opportunities. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think... It's important to keep in perspective that uh, if you go look at harvest rates and statistics, you're, you know, 10 to 20 percent, depending on the unit you're at, is probably what you're looking at. So eight out of 10 guys are going to fail in this. Um, and, you know, it's easy to there are guys who are hyper successful and, and, you know, are always kill elk every single season. But there's plenty of guys who don't. So I guess I wouldn't get too bummed out and get back to it if you know and then obviously there's just a lot of um you need to do a lot of assessing uh, again of um let's just assume he did all the hard work he was in shape he had all his gear dialed in and he just picked the wrong you know the wrong canyon the wrong unit so if you know that to me the assessment would be you know were they just not into elk at all so back to the drawing board and try try again the next year um i wouldn't I would love to know the stat on this, but for, you know, say two guys go out, you know, live in Missouri where you're from and come out West, how many years does it take them, uh, go out West on Elkhart? How many years does it take them to be successful? I, I bet you, you know, there's going to be the few people that go out and kill an elk on their first year. Uh, I bet you the vast majority of it, it's sometime between season three and season four that they actually start figuring it all out and putting the dots together and start killing elk. Yeah. The, I've uh, pretty much realized I'm pretty much always going to be a mediocre hunter. (laughs) Um, And so I I throw that out there to say, 
manage your expectations as well. Like know that there's going to be years where you don't feel tag. And I'm not saying don't try. I'm not saying go into like a season with a defeatist attitude. But in the end, so much, so, 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 so much boils down to time and how much time you're willing to or have the opportunity to invest in hunting. And so that's either preseason, that's during the season, how much time you get to hunt. Even the most skilled guys, a lot of the guys who kill consistently, I'm not saying it's not skill or experience or knowledge, all of that comes into play. But in the end, they also have to put in time. Like if you only have a few days to hunt, maybe you can get it done. Maybe you can't. Maybe you're Superman. Maybe you're not. But in the end, so much of this boils down to time. And so for the guy who, like myself, hunts out of state, who has a family, who has you know limited opportunity, limited time, I'm just not gonna like you know be the guy to fill a handful of tags every year. I'm not even going on that many hunts every year. And you, at some point, you need to learn to kind of understand that and be realistic with. There's only so much I can do with the time that I have. And you can make a decision to give it more time and find more success. That's great. You just need to be aware of like the trade-offs and the investments. And, you know, it's not to get all super philosophizer on a podcast, but it's it so much comes down to decisions you're willing to make and how much you're willing to sacrifice, especially in terms of time, to find success out there. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, Steve, you... You didn't fill an elk tag yet. What's up with that, man? <laughs> oh man! Well, we're uh, talking about this topic. What's your what's uh, your? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's totally now. correlated to what you just said, man. It's for only the second season since I've been eighteen that I didn't kill an elk with a bow, um, and I flat out just didn't. Um, just it was a funny season. I only spent uh, two and a half days the opening weekend. Uh, Tyler Boschman and I went out and had some. Um, basically just struck out for two days, ended up having one morning of finally got into some bowls, but we had to be out of there by like noon and just couldn't, didn't have enough time to seal a deal. And then I went back, uh, we went to Alaska and then I got home and I got a, you know, four month old at home and my daughter and my wife was pulling her teeth out. So I, you know, opted to stay home a little bit. Uh, and then I got out for essentially a little bit more than a 24 hour hunt, dang near, uh, it was an amazing hunt. I, I had seven bulls inside of 50 yards, shot over a 320 bull because of a rangefinder malfunction. Um, I basically uh, got this new SIG rangefinder and had it in rifle mode and didn't realize that it wasn't compensating the angle for me when it was giving me the rifle reading. Um, just stupid error on my part and shot over a great bull. So I had opportunity, but at the same time, I you know essentially probably only hunted, you know, bow in hand with me the shooter for 48 hours of september so uh i can't really like beat myself up too much you know that doesn't give myself a whole lot of time to get an elk killed so i got some options for um some late season cow hunts uh so hopefully i can still go shoot one of the rifle or something and, and get some milk meat in the freezer cool yeah it's just it's so much boils down to Time. Yeah. And again, just manage expectations with that. And I'm not saying that to be like negative because guys can go out and crush it for sure. But it's something you need to think through as you look at, say, social media and see these guys just piling stuff up or, you know, being so consistent year to year. Just what are they willing to do to do that? And maybe that's great for you and maybe it's not. But just manage that expectation. 
Um, yeah, it's funny to, to talk about this and act like things are over. It's only uh, October, what is today, the 7th or 8th or something like that. So hopefully you guys still have plenty of time in October and November and, and can still fill some tags. Um, that being said, if you guys still have hunts coming up, just to throw it out there, we do have packs in stock, which is always awesome to say. Um, especially after, um, you know, back order and situation most of the summer. So if you guys need anything from us, definitely holler, just reach out direct. We'd be happy to chat and get you guys taken care of. Um, again, part two of the caribou podcast coming this week, and we have a ton of other podcasts in the works that we're both scheduling and recording and, and all kinds of good stuff coming. Uh, we say it all the time, but if you guys have ideas, suggestions, something you want to hear about on the podcast, definitely let us know. Um, especially this time of year, we kind of sit down and look at, you know, 2020, the new year, what's coming, what kind of series we want to do, that type of thing. So that is uh, definitely fresh on our mind in terms of what we want to cover between now and next September on the podcast. So if you have feedback on that, shoot us an email to podcast at exomountgear.com. Steve, anything else to add? Oh uh, man, no, I'm excited to going out uh, Thursday with Jason for rifle deer like first time in probably a decade I've been out on opening day of deer for rifle season. And I'm awesome. actually really looking forward to it. It's uh, I know there's a bunch of snow up high and it's only supposed to be worse. So it's going to be a battle in some weather. And um, I am doing personally, I plan to talk about it here on the podcast, but doing a uh, boot kind of review for myself. And I said, I'll share the results with everybody. So I'm excited for that. Um, got like 10 different pairs of boots on order and get a bunch of stuff in here and play around with it. And, I'm looking for, um, you know, obviously I, I love my Solomons for early season dry weather, but, uh, when it, you know, gets nasty, the, um, the Gore-Tex just isn't flat out, isn't waterproof consistently in those things. So I've been looking for a good late season, you know, hunting in snow, chucker hunting type boot. And, uh, yeah, I'm bound to determine that I got to find something out there that's going to work with my foot. Yeah. Cool. And you're, you, you, I didn't even know you're doing that. So you're yeah. doing that all on your own. That's pretty cool to keep it objective in that way and not just, you know, trying to get freebies or what have you. So I'm, oh, I'm excited to tune in. I bought a ton of freaking boots on Amazon and Zappos and Midway USA and basically anywhere I could find what I was looking for. And yeah, I'm excited to check it out. It's gonna be Sweet. fun. Yeah, I'll definitely follow up with that. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to Mech Wednesday to hear part two of that uh, Caribou podcast. And we'll catch you next time.